Hey everybody, welcome to the Fun House Podcast. I'm Armando Torres and today I'm joined by three wonderful boys. We've got Ryan Haley. Hi. We've got James Willems. Wonderful boy. And I'm a man. <laughs> Shut up, you two wonderful boys. And we've got an extra special guest, Ego Plum. Hey everybody. I'm a man baby is what I am. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. As we were talking to me about beforehand, as you said, you right. wanted to return to baby is how you phrased it. There's a Picasso quote about he, his goal as an artist is to become the artist he once was as a child. You know, like, so I, I like that, but also one step further, like diapers, the whole yeah. thing. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shit yourself. <laughs> you agree with that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been there. I've wiped, I, I've changed you before. You shit yourself. <laughs> oh, we don't have to go into that, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't right, know off with, right out of thing. the gate. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a very, uh, uh, what would you call it? Highbrow comedy show. Oh, yeah. I yeah. could tell. I could see Ryan got dressed up for us, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm coming from the World Championship Rams uh, a parade, ticker tape parade he, that we had today. He said that before when I mentioned his attire. And it's like, it's not like he, like, that doesn't mean he looks... It's all Rams. It's not like parade yeah. attire. It's all my know. Rams gear, though. You I have just to... look like you woke up. Yeah. <laughs> I got my blue Rams sweatpants and my blue Rams t-shirt. That your I outfit looks like you lost all of your clothes at a water park. <laughs> <laughs> this is what oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh, owners. I'm, I'm a huge. I'm the biggest Rams fan ever. Now that you, they won, you know, yeah. even though they're my third favorite. Like, you're team, cheering for Tennessee. Even like I'm a Titans ago. fan and a Chargers fan. Now I'm the biggest Rams fan that's ever been. Now that they've won. So this is one of uh, one of the few episodes where we've had an external guest of, of great importance. And we've wasted three minutes talking about the goddamn Rams. <laughs> and <laughs> his pants. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for bringing it yeah, back. Yeah, Ego Plum here is the, uh, uh, he, he has made the soundtrack to a generation oh, of, stop. Of, of Nickelodeon shows. <laughs> Kids don't know it, but their music is in his head, is in their heads. Oh, um, good. You, can we roll r- roll off some of your awesome credits here? Yeah. Like SpongeBob SquarePants, baby. Whoa. Harvey Beaks, baby. Uh, this new Jelly Jellystone yeah. Hanna Barbera show, baby. Correct. Uh, but most importantly, the Kids of Nah, the Ryan Haley written and directed children's show. <laughs> oh my uh, yes, God. I reverted myself. In the who third is the person. guest? <laughs> who, who, who gets to promo their shit? Well, I also it just is the most important credit. Okay, it's, it's he, he produced the soundtrack to the Kids of Nah and did play drums on it. Yes. Before we started recording, I go, Hey Ryan, do you want to host this one so that you know? Because you, you you know Eco and you can kind of do it. And he goes, No, man, it's all you. He doesn't want to host. He I'm wants a guest. I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm the featured guest. So we we actually have uh, a clip, right, of the uh, the kids of Nah, the the intro song that you two made together. Well, right? he's here mainly because of Cup Cuphead. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to get into that after. Oh, we, sorry. Here it yes. comes. Play this little. Oh clip. yes, kids Just of so, Nah. So we can look Let's at see this. this. Oh. Go, go to like 15 seconds Interesting, in. Interesting choice here to go co- with complete silence for the score. Yeah. This <laughs> is like... kind of an experimental uh, <laughs> yeah, approach. Yeah. I said, let's try this thing where we just have dead silence. Okay. Right? You know, I'm uh, not sure why there's no the, sound. The on absence this. of music in some ways. Sometimes is... it's more effective. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I bet the listeners can hear it. They can. I've, I've lis- I listened to it beforehand. So, Ego, do you remember when we made this? No. You don't remember when we nothing. I can't remember I your house. Nothing about this. What did, what did Ryan do to trick you into working with him? Because I honestly, I, I've seen this before, and I think it's pretty cool. Thank but you. it's more the, how does Ryan trick you to help him up? You know, what I, appreciate about, what I appreciate about Ryan is that he's sort of like a 
he really is a man babe. He's a child. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he's enthusiastic and passionate about absolute nonsense. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I gravitate towards that. Anytime yeah. there's someone that cares a lot about something that is just so absurd and surreal, it makes me want to be a part of it. So I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, he called me and he said, let's do this project. I thought it was great. Whatever happened to this thing? Well, this was... Uh, basically, I, I was like, oh man, I'm going to make this show and I'm going to go and, and pitch it to people and th show it, throw it out there and go around town with it. And I, I basically put it up on a YouTube channel that no one knew about. And then, I, and then uh, two weeks later, I'm like, well, I guess no one likes my show. I'm mm -hmm. not going to... Mm. That was me pitching it. That was <laughs> the extent of it. on a YouTube channel that no one... I didn't know what I was doing. So nothing happened. Right. That's I still fair. don't know what I'm doing, but anyway. That's okay. You know what? We should talk about our... You know, our other times we've met, because I think it's very telling, mm -hmm. right? The last time I ran into Ryan, I was working, it was maybe a month ago, I was working late one night on Cuphead, writing music. I'm sitting there with my quill and the parchment, <laughs> the harpsichord. Of course, of I got course. that wig on, the oh, whole thing. You, with the wig and everything. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I need a break. I need to stop writing. I'll maybe make, we can make a charcuterie board, or maybe I could uh, go to the opera. No, but I open up the paper, I'm like, ah... Napalm Death and Guar are playing tonight. This is what I got to do. <laughs> so I go to the show. Fantastic show. And at the end, I see this guy in a white t-shirt covered in blood, holding a hot dog in his left hand. <laughs> and it's Ryan. Yeah. I'm like, what do you, what? And uh, what did you say to me? I don't remember. Uh, I, I'm trying well, to remember this. I, I just want to clarify something because we all know Ryan. Everyone who's watching or listening knows Ryan. Can you confirm whether or not he actually went to the show or, <laughs> or was, was he just covered in blood with a hot dog for some completely different reason? Well, I went to the bar and I saw there was no hot dogs on the menu or anything. So oh, like, see, yeah. that's what I'm saying is the details. <laughs> it's one of those things where I wondered how, you know, did he hold that hot dog the whole time during mm -hmm. the show? Mm -hmm. Did he bring oh, it? Or did he bring it? Was it in his pocket? Yeah. You know, all these questions, but then you quickly put them out of your head. Like mm -hmm. the answers don't matter. Yeah. The point is Ryan's here. Mm hmm Rewind another year or two, I go to a, a, see a, the Radioactive Chicken Heads, another great band. Mm -hmm. um, watching the band, all of a sudden this nude man with a koi fish on his head appears. And I, what I mean, not wearing like a mask of a koi fish, but I mean like imagine the mouth of a, the fish consuming the head. Okay. So yeah. the tail oh, gotcha. is upward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's dancing around like, what the hell is going on here? Uh -huh. You said nude man. I think so, or maybe a diaper. I, I don't know. Okay. It's all kind of a blur. <laughs> a diaper baby boy. Yeah. Okay. Right. You've worked with this fish before. It's the fish from the clown fish from Antarctica in the Guar. Gotcha. Video, yes, yeah. I understand. I didn't and the know fish what it was. is not really, by the way, what I'm hung up on. <laughs> okay. I was hoping, are they going to call the police, arrest this person? What is this? Someone's uh -huh. interrupting the show. And then, sure enough, it comes off and it's Ryan. Mm. I'm like, hey, ego. <laughs> How's it going? And we started talking. Yeah. That was at the Church of Fun, right? I don't know. Is that what that was? Yeah, it was. That, that's what it was. And from oh the God. mouth of the fish, he pulled out a hot dog that was not. And it's the same hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, those are my uh, interactions with this guy. Uh -huh. Our last two interactions. Uh -huh. <laughs> I do want to point out that love ego. Ryan pulling food out that shouldn't have been available to him at the time is just a constant motif of his life. Ryan, right? Ryan and I went to uh, this like Super Bowl experience thing and he brought in Cheetos 
and yeah. was walking around with a bag of Cheetos inside a section that was sponsored by like Lay's. Mm. So they were giving out tons of different bags of chips and he they didn't have any Cheetos. Yeah. And he had the only bag. <laughs> like, Where'd people, you get those Cheetos? Yeah. People kept walking up to him and going, where did you get those? And he would just go, oh, I just br I brought them in and would walk <laughs> away. And I had to watch them try to figure out like he so he brought but they have free chip, but he brought chips. Why? Well, here's the thing about bringing food everywhere. I'm like a grazer, okay? Uh -huh. You know, mm -hmm. they say that that's actually, you know, my dietician here, don't they say that that's I'm not good your dietician. You? Don't they say that that's good for you to graze throughout the day instead of eat a big meal? No, it doesn't matter. Okay, well, I will, <laughs> I'll, I'll just see, I'll be like starving and then I'll eat, uh, I'll be like, oh, I'm so hungry. I have to eat a lot of food. And then I'll eat a little bit of food and then I'm like, well, I'm good for right now and mm -hmm. then i move on with my life but then i'm like i'm gonna be hungry in about 15 20 minutes 30 minutes so then i put a lot of food in my pockets yeah there you go this is a good time for me to bring out my gift for ryan <laughs> okay oh my god whoa for our audio listeners he brought whoa uh, oh my god a yo box, a sponge in a, in a, these are like coconut balls marshmallow cookie coconut and strawberry artificially i haven't seen one of those in sponge for, forever these are my fucking favorite he pulled that out of a green briefcase he brought and that was yeah. the only thing inside of it well no it all sorry about that it was on my roof at a party i had of in my course. Makes sense. i'm gonna eat all of these like today thank you it's one of my favorite words if you think about it right sponge yeah. i like the way it feels that's a good sponge. mouth feel mm -hmm. sponge it, it's like a. You were about to say sponsor, but then you quit halfway. You're like, this is yeah. my sponsor. I like it because it, it has a clear this beginning and ending. When you're saying it, it goes sponge, you know. Sponge ranch. Opens and closes itself. There was, there was something right. about the like eight late 80s to late 90s in like, when when they were like the most valuable consumer are children ages like like eight to eleven yeah and they were like what are the sounds that kids like <laughs> yeah. it's like sponge gack yeah gloop like everything nice. was wow. that way and it was pretty sweet for a time yeah this is great I f I have that audio I think now you want to hear it oh yeah let's hear it the audio from before okay you got it yeah, oh, yeah we got yeah. it and uh, Ego is playing the drums. Is that, that you in the drums? Ego is, is it, it's that's actually our mutual friend. Okay. Monk. And, okay. Uh, that wasn't me. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, that's you playing the drums on the song. On the recording. How did you get all these children? I auditioned seventy-five children, and I narrowed it down to six. How did you get all these parents to agree to let you do oh, this? Come on. <laughs> I don't even. Parents know of I child asked. actors. Yeah. 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 You haven't seen this fan? Oh, God. <laughs> it was. I, can I do? I, I want to make this podcast more about you, but again, no, I you, like talking we, about. Ryan. We have we have insight into Ryan. And it's always nice meeting people that have different but similar insight into Ryan. <laughs> Just asking your opinion, like Ryan, say the show took off, and then yeah. Ryan became uh, a, a very famous kids television show host. Mm -hmm. How long could that possibly last? <laughs> Before photographs of him wearing koi fish heads and nothing else like started appearing everywhere. Right. It was a bold decision on your part, Ryan. But I've had I've actually thought about this, okay, uh, James, because I I hope that you there's a there's a world where I know this isn't the world we live in, but it's like. What can can a person not have two career paths going on the I, internet? Like, all right, there's the kids show stuff. 
<laughs> and then there's all the this I, insane fucked up yeah. shit that I make it fun of. I also I also don't want to make it seem as though I'm saying what you did was wrong. It's just not what you want your but average I'm, kids the, entertainers people, to be doing. Certain people have certain weird standards sure. for things, and so yeah, I, I just think it. I appreciate that you were like, no, I should be a kid <laughs> <laughs> television show host, <laughs> and you fun. might still be. You might still be. I, really like I love that. That was great, by the way. Mm -hmm. we, yeah. we, we made that, Ego. We did. That was great. That was, how long ago was that? That was like seven years ago now. I right? think it was. Wow. Eight, eight even. Ego, you've worked on really prestigious things. You were talking about uh, you were talking about Cuphead. Yeah. Right? Like all these, these classic cartoons and stuff like that. Where would you say the kids of Nah ranks in right. terms? Mm. Right at the top. It's okay. With uh, Cuphead and SpongeBob? Yeah, yeah. Let's mm -hmm. put it like... Right in the middle, but then just a hair down, just a slightly <laughs> yeah, off. I'll take that. Honestly. That's pretty I, I, good. Higher than I ever anticipated. So I'd like to, I'd like to get into talking about Cuphead, but I do have a, just a quick question for yeah. my, for my clarification. Sure. What era of SpongeBob were you? Well, scoring? look at I. This show's been around for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, I came in on board like three years ago, so okay. I've just been in the last what is it, season 12, 13, doing songs, doing some incidental music. And now it's like a whole SpongeBob universe, right? We have Camp Coral, which is like all of them as little kids, and um, Patrick Star Show. He has his own show. That's and that's going to get its own show. I we'll see. I hope so. Gary. Uh, so yeah, Gar that's right, Gary. But um, I did the theme song for the Patrick Star Show. It's a lot of fun, and I write a lot of music for that. Um, I'm I'm the new kid in town, so obviously it's a lot of pressure. I mean, because what these guys built, Nick Carr, Sage, and Jeremy, like it's brilliant. It's the best music on any show on Nickelodeon in my mind. So imagine like jumping in now and trying to be like, okay, I, I don't want to screw this up. But at the same time, trying to inject a little bit of who I am mm -hmm. and not piss off any kids or fans. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. But it's been fun. It's been great. I, I always loved like the music that accompanied quote unquote, I don't, I don't like how children's programming because I think the best stuff can be watched by anyone, right? Yeah. Like, but it's always cool because I think about how that would be your first exposure to like certain genres of music. Absolutely. Like I, I think about Pete and Pete, yeah. like, like Polaris, like, and then also I, I was talking with another one of our, our coworkers, Patrick, we both somehow managed to watch Good Burger, mm. the mm. movie yeah. within the last like week or so. <laughs> right. And I noticed, I was like, I was like, there's a, there's a big song and dance number. And of course it's ska. Like, like, and it, that would only happen if the people who are making those songs for these kids shows didn't like love music and like finding ways to inject that stuff into their work. Right. The beauty is everything is new to kids, right? Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't matter if it's like, if it sounds like Black Flag or if it sounds like Duke Ellington, like it's all fresh new ideas, you know, and uh, the kids are actually smarter than we all realize. Like they're receptive to cool, interesting things. Like I was, you know, the video game Cuphead mm -hmm. has this great score. It's all sort of 1930s style jazz. And I was looking, looking at YouTube videos and there's comments underneath that are like, what kind of music is this? And I'm imagining it's young kids that are like confused that never heard like Cad Calloway or Duke Ellington and they're hearing this stuff. And they're like, what do you call this genre? It's happened with other games too, like Guitar Hero, right? Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden kids are like listening to Leonard Skinner and ACDC for no reason, mm -hmm. you know, and parents are walking by like, what? Why are they blasting mm -hmm. this stuff? Yeah. So yeah, music is great on kids show. That, that's why I love being a part of that whole world. I could do anything. I could just and use all my weird influences. I could make it sound like Guar. I could make it sound like Black Flag 
or any bizarre thing like Devo or my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, th- th- that's what I love about your style is that it, you can tell that that you know, like you have you, you like a lot of the same shit I like. In sure. Terms of the, the music. Side. So you get it. I know that you understand because I'm not like a trained musician, right? It seems like you are. It seems very composed, but but that's interesting to hear. I have you say no that. idea what I'm doing. Okay. I didn't go to uh, music school. Uh, I graduated high school and I got a job and I signed up for junior college in East LA and I took a tap dancing class. I don't know why, but I okay. dropped out after that. It was too hard. And that's the extent of my music education. Everything is just like brute force instinct hmm. and just like trusting my gut. You know I what I mean? I think there's something to that that's like so i know a lot of people uh who make music who were going to music school and uh some some who are like famous that i don't know and then some who are on the way up that i do know yeah and all of my favorite artists have a a story where they were like i was for example i have a friend that was going to berkeley the berkeley school of music yeah dropped out and i asked her why and she was like well it just felt like they were telling me what music should sound like like my music right. was starting to become not my music, but like my professor's music. And I didn't like that. Mm. I wanted to just make the stuff that sounded like what I wanted to do. And the truth, of the truth is there are no rules to making music. And that's why I relate to what you were doing. Because I like people that are outsiders in music or people that just don't know that you're not supposed to hit this chord mm. and go from here to here. You know, uh, that's when the best stuff happens when you have outsiders and people that don't understand music making music. That's my favorite stuff. Lorraine is an outsider in everything because most places won't let him inside. Well, that's a whole other issue. <laughs> would, would you say that there was like, so, so So you say that, you know, you came from no real music background uh, uh, officially. Like, uh, what was kind of your break into this cool little niche that you found here? You know, like, uh, did you give a piece of music that you'd made that was like, oh, you know, uh, this would sound good on Nickelodeon. How did you get into this whole thing? Um I was making music and putting out CDs when I was like in my 20s, young Mm -hmm. guy, and I was literally making cartoon music for non-existent cartoons. It's what I wanted to do. And I even formed a band called the Ebola Music Orchestra that was instrumental music. Sounded like carnival and circus music. We'd play and only like, you know, 30 people go see us, but that's what I wanted to do. And one time uh, Amy Winfrey uh, came to see my record release party and she said, hey, I'm making a show at Nickelodeon called Making Fiends. Now she works on like Bojack Horseman and all this stuff. But that was my first chance to get into a show and the rest is history. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. That's super great. What do you, what would you think that, uh, like, what do you think kind of inspired you to sort of take that? Because that's like, uh, that, that, that style of music, that like carnival, that's like very fanfare music, you know? Huh. It's not something that I would think a lot of people are just like listening to on the side but i'm i'm also wrong my stepdad fucking loved listening to like college football fight songs in his car you know yeah. so like some people have reasons for listening to it what do you think that it is about that style of music that's that's normally sort of like um more celebratory or more fanfare that that really drew you in you know i just found so many interesting things happening happening in scores like let me go back to like a Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure or something, right? Like hearing Danny Elfman do that stuff. I was like, wow, this is phenomenal. And I remember going to see um, Primus, you know that band? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. And it's before they went on, they were playing the, the Breakfast Machine from the soundtrack to Pee Wee's uh, Big Adventure. And there was a pit going on to this instrumental Danny Elfman track <laughs> that sounds like circus music. Uh-huh. I'm like, this is it. This is 
you know, <laughs> these are my people. These are my people. Like incidental background music could be more interesting than the shit that's playing on the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's I always felt that way. And also like Pee Wee's uh, Playhouse on, on TV, like he hired a lot of interesting people to work on the show doing music. Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Danny, of course, from Oingo Boingo. And uh, the residents, another favorite group of mine, kind oh, yeah. of an obscure avant-garde group from San Francisco. And I heard that as a young kid. I was like, whoa, what is this weird music playing in the back of the show? I'm like, I want to do that. And I started doing that. I started writing music like the residents and the stuff that was playing in the background to these things. And it got in the right hands at some point. And, you know, I started getting hired to do shows. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's funny yeah. that you bring those two people up because, yeah, if I was going to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, say like, oh, who does ego sound like? You know, like, yeah. I don't know if that's flattering or not, but like, oh, my God, Mark Mothersbaugh mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and, uh, and Danny Elfin, it's like, and then you go plum. It's like you, it's, you all sound so, uh, have this really bizarre, unique thing that you all do. Yeah, I love those guys so much, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be doing this stuff if it wasn't for their music for mm-hmm. sure yeah yeah and also i feel like tying it back to like cartoons because like we were talking before you mentioned i was thinking like rugrats like yeah which is like like you don't realize it because like you said as a kid everything's new but yeah. like nothing if they wanted more conventional thing for that it wouldn't feel like i know how rugrats sounds mm-hmm. as a show yeah it has such a unique look it has all that it has that classy zupo style and mm-hmm. everything but then like it has such a sound like it, every time an episode starts like it's so embedded and i feel like that's only possible that's more more possible with cartoons right of course because you're cha- everything's whatever you want it to be right. right and the reason it sounds so good is because it is mark mothersbaugh doing that music the guy from devo mm-hmm. it took like a guy from a weird uh post-punk new wave band whose brain was already somewhere else uh to make a cartoon that interesting mm-hmm. you know and i really do believe that like your music is only as good as your influences. Like you have to have like unusual taste. You have to stop working on Cuphead to go see Napalm Death and Guar, and then come back and start working again because subconsciously that's going to play a role in this music, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't listen to film scores. I don't like. I'm not like. I mean, I love John Williams and all that traditional stuff, but that's not what I chill with. You know, mm-hmm. like I want to hear music that moves me to action, like a band that makes me want to dance or punch someone in the face or get punched in the face is what I want to feel from music. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. So, uh, with with stuff like Rugrats, one thing that I always thought was really cool was that that sound, I mean, I'm probably going to get certain things wrong about this, but that sound to me, how it sounds like it would be made if I was going to make it, is taking a sample of a root note of, of people's voices and wow. then playing that with mm-hmm. a, a keyboard. Yeah. Uh, which is you know, an interesting way to make music that maybe somebody just trained classically wouldn't have thought of. And you actually sent us a clip of something in that same sort of vein uh, to to get this very specific sound uh, that just, I want to show the clip first and then we can talk about it because it it blew my mind. It was, it's, I I believe it's called Water Bucket, uh, the the file that we have there. If you could play that, uh, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one second here. <laughs> while we're while we're getting that clip up, and, and this isn't going to change anything. Open it up. But July fifteenth, twenty twenty one. Yeah. And right. now I don't know how much. That's not going to stop, right? Yeah, I was going to say an expiration date on marshmallow cookies of coconut and strawberry. Oh, I was like, come on, that's going to last for Brian, forever. But <laughs> Brian, it's past already. <laughs> you is don't this have what to I'm do the math. Twenty twenty one is the year. 
uh, yes, this one. We've got great internet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. He goes playing a trumpet into water right now. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. How the fuck do you, how many instruments are playing right there and how do you know how to play them all to write music for them? I didn't play all that. That's a bunch of musicians playing that stuff. But you, yeah. but you're... I, I can compose all that stuff. Like, yeah. So, like, you use a program, something called Logic is the one I use to okay. compose, right? And you sort of, like, have all these tracks, and you have, like, each track is a different instrument voice. Mm -hmm. So, I create the stuff with samples, okay? So, these aren't, like, I'm using I'm using fake instruments sure. to compose. You're right? using, like, Spitfire Labs and Sure, kind sure, of that kind of stuff, right? So, you know, you have your trumpets, you have, like, I have it all separate. Like, here's the brass stuff, here's the woodwind stuff. And I just know what I want to hear, and... Uh, so I play it on the keyboard, and then here's a little trumpet line. Here's a clarinet going, whatever it is. And then I have a guy that takes all that and turns it into sheet music, right? Because I have no idea how to read or mm -hmm. write yeah. that stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then from there, it goes to musicians. Uh, they record the stuff, comes back, we mix it, and then you hear that. Wow. My, uh, 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 can I tell you my method? Yeah. yeah I, 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 I thought I was a genius when I figured this out. It's like, cause I, I can't like really play fast piano stuff. Right. But I, I think I can compose it a little bit. And so I'll just, I'll like record piano stuff at like 10% speed. Be like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I play at a fast speed. It's like, and then I sound like a genius. You know, like a piano you, player. You can, you can just go into MIDI tracks and like, plug them in right uh, i don't know how to do okay. all that well my point that's, was what do you think about my method so i like your method that make that's however listen whatever it takes i can't play that great on piano i can't play with both hands at the same time like it takes me forever to learn a thing mm -hmm. it's not that good i'm not that good at any one instrument so I'm, I'm just a genius a, you're kind of amazing frankly <laughs> yeah i mean i think <laughs> it's musical i think it's wow. awesome i think it's awesome because the, there's always a perception you see you only ever with creative stuff see the finished product Right? right. If you just played that track back for some, you're like, I made that. There's a lot of people who would s listen to that and go, well, number one, I would have never thought to put a trumpet under underwater. So I'll never be successful. And number two, like I couldn't possibly, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly, I couldn't ever possibly make that. But both of you are kind of showing what creativity like and success through creativity like actually is. And it's like figuring out how to get out what is in your head any means possible yeah right, right. and it takes steps and it takes collaboration and it takes you know it, it takes trust in time it takes time right and right. and failure and and everything like that failure is a big part of it too like to do interesting stuff you have to really like just try and put yourself out there like even you with your show right like the kids of nah like you have to just take a risk and you know, that water thing could have been a total disaster or not sounded good. I mean, I like how it sounds. It's or ruined awesome. the whole trumpet. Yeah. Right. Could have ruined the guy's trumpet. Um, you could have ruined the bowl. <laughs> even just as a composer, like, I, I've met with executives like at Disney and, and quite literally said to them, like, look, if you hire me, it's either going to be a total home run or a complete disaster mm -hmm. on the show. You know, on that show, I got fired. 
but we don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but that's the point. Like you have to really try to push like an original idea or just try to be innovative or interesting. Uh, I can't do it. Like I, I'm not a guy that could just do any job. Like there's there's probably guys that'll get more work than me because they can sort of be a lot of different things. And I think I just do what I do. I sound like me. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you definitely sound like you. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely. There's. I mean, there's one thing that I, that you can sort of tell. Like, how do I phrase this? You can tell where your influences are, but it's got a very unique sound that, after just having talked with you a little bit, you can sort of see it. Like it. It feels like just this sort of weird carnival of of just excitement like when you play that music close your eyes i almost guarantee you you can see shit going off you know lights everything feels sticky in your brain uh, obviously like the show is still incoming but i did play the game and the feel of the game is like stress it's like a oh, yeah, constant. It's, a it's like it's stress until you be get into this meditative state, and you're like, I know to jump right, right, right. But like the whole vibe of the game with bullets going everywhere and things dropping in and stuff in the background is like to overwhelm, and that feels like such a perfect translation of how the game feels to be played. Right. So, do you want to see a scene where you can actually see the musicians playing all the instruments? In yeah, I would love to. I'd love to. That was the other clip that we have there, uh, one of the other Dropbox links. This is like the first minute of the first episode of Cuphead, so... Wow. And you are the first people seeing this, and your uh, your channel, actually, will be the first people seeing this. Awesome. Oh! Wow. Oh, wow. Amazing. That's so cool. Thanks, man. So, there, uh, I got two things to say. First of all, I do got a bone to pick with this blue cup. <laughs> you missed your pancakes of your own. Like, that was his fault. Right. Your friend splits theirs with you and gives it to you out of the kindness of your heart, and you get pissed because there's not enough syrup. That's your fault. All right. You take what you get. Right. Secondly, uh, what I really loved about watching that scene and also hearing the music, there's no dialogue, but you get the sense of everything that's going on mm-hmm. just through the music alone, like kind of sort of translating into that scene. Right. That's sort of the job of music, right? On yeah. TV or film. When I was a kid, I've, this is a memory that is stuck in my head forever, and I don't know if it was on purpose or accident, but I was watching Cartoon Network. There was an episode of Ed, Ed, and Eddie that came on. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know if it was a mistake or purposeful or what, but there was they played the normal episode, but there was no dialogue. Oh. No, the words that the characters were speaking were gone, but the music was still there. And you could get everything that anyone was saying the gist of it by the sound effects their movement the 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 music that was playing in the background you didn't need anyone to say anything just that music sort of 
moves everything forward and translates like the vibe of the cartoon sure so well and it's very clear in that thanks man i i I wanted to ask too like the process of working on this show because even in that clip you notice how like like they're bopping right like everything's bopping together like things are happening obviously in time to the music but how, what was the back and forth there? Was it like you gave them, a, they gave you storyboards and then you gave them a track and then when they started doing things together, like they had to combine? For a lot of this animation, like it requires a, a, like a tempo, like a meter. Mm-hmm. So I think in this case, they had like an, an old song, like an old 1930s song, mm-hmm. it had a certain beat, right? So I think they animated to that. And my job is sort of find that rhythm, that same, meter mm-hmm. and then compose a piece of music that fits that a lot of times all the scenes have like a invisible beat to them and you have to sort of magically figure out what that is what's mm-hmm. that beep, beep. it's somewhere in there hidden and you kind of could figure it out yeah for sure that's awesome that's so cool is 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 most of the show does any of the show have dialogue oh yeah mm-hmm. as there's even dialogue that happens in, somewhere in there, but I had it muted out just so we could showcase mm-hmm. the music. Yeah. Got it. But yeah. it's mostly, like that whole scene is mostly quiet. You know, it's, writing that stuff is a lot of fun for me. It's like, you know what I aspire to? Like, it's not Gershwin, it's not Duke Ellington, it's like, I want to write Pop Goes the Weasel. Like, I want to write something <laughs> wow. simple, like Three Blind Mice. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah. Like, that is the goal, musically, of that I'm trying to Hell achieve. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, that's important to me. But mm-hmm. I want it to be like, Black Flag also at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. <laughs> Black Flag as Pop Goes the Weasel. Yeah. It's a genre that uh, I didn't know I needed in my life, but I do. Mm-hmm. Ah, you understand what I'm saying, right? Oh, yeah, it's sort yeah, of like yeah. the simplicity mm-hmm. of music like that is is what makes it timeless. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you write something that'll last a hundred years? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I like, yeah, music can do that, I think, easier than a piece of media or video. Mm-hmm. Uh, does yeah just because it's so visceral and so much about yeah. just like like yeah. tickling that hook thing in your body for sure you know? right whereas it's harder to do that with other mediums so making yeah, for, for sure making music that lasts forever seems like a, a pretty hard task but making a, a podcast last for at least a couple more weeks is very easy <laughs> so we're gonna take uh, uh we're gonna hear from our sponsors really quick oh, and then so we'll we will be sponge? right back <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah sponge. Sure. You, sure. i will pay you t- <laughs> wait actually I'm what's your price one of these on before, one of them? before this podcast okay there sure. we go hey let me paint you a picture real quick you work all day and then you're stuck in traffic on the way home. And when you get there, you have a couple of options. Do you want to order something really unhealthy or something that isn't really even going to get you full? Or do you want to make something? But hold on, making something isn't as easy either because you should have gone to the grocery store, but dang it, it's already too late. Well, let me tell you what. There is a solution, and it is HelloFresh. HelloFresh offers convenient, contact-free delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with your entire family. Their recipes are easy to follow, quick to make, with steps and pictures to guide you along the way. And they offer 50 weekly recipes featuring a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients, so you'll never get bored because you get to try something every week. 
HelloFresh sends you a box of pre-portioned ingredients and instructions on how to turn those ingredients into something delicious, nutritious, and very, very filling. I've been using HelloFresh for a while and it is absolutely amazing. There's nothing that I love more than just being able to come home, take something out of my fridge, and be able to cook it myself into something that is just so, so good. HelloFresh is absolutely the way to go for anyone looking to try to make a change and cook more without having to take all the extra steps to do so. So go to HelloFresh.com slash FHPod16 and use code FHPod16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash FHPod16. HelloFresh.com slash FHPOD16, America's number one meal kit. Bombus's mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombus, you're also giving to somebody in need. They've designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes that you want to put on every single day. Everything that they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a luxuriously cozy feel. I personally refuse to wear anything other than Bombas socks. I've been buying them before I was told to read this advertisement. I swear to God, I've been using Bombas for years. Uh, one year for Christmas, my mother bought me $150 worth of Bombas socks, and I, I'm not even joking, one of the best Christmas gifts that I have ever received. I absolutely love Bombas socks, and everything that they make is so incredibly amazing. You just got to try it. So go to bombas.com slash FHPod and get 20% off with any purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash FHPod for 20% off. Bombas.com slash FHPod. Get these socks on your feet. Hide It Mounts is the simple wall mount solution for everything that you plug into your TV and more. From gaming consoles to streaming devices, Hide It has a mount for you. They make mounts for next-gen consoles like the PS5, the Xbox Series X and S, and the Nintendo Switch. They even got stuff for older consoles like the PS4 and the Xbox One family. They've got streaming devices and cable box mounts, mounts for sound bars and speakers. They've even got stuff for sporting equipment like baseball bats that snowboards and more are you kidding me hide it customers include everyone from gamers to parents tech fans athletes and absolutely everyone that is trying to put something up on their walls what makes hide it so special well all of their mounts are made from heavy duty powder coated steel for strength durability and protection each mount can be installed in minutes strong enough to love it for years a team dedicated to a thorough r&d creating the best mounts on the market for your devices there is real in-person customer service to answer any questions you might have and hide it makes products that enhance your living room office or wherever you have your favorite space look I've had to mount things on my wall before. Well, not me personally. I would hire a man named Yuri who would come to my house, hang stuff up on my wall, and then say, you should really learn how to do this yourself. Well, no more, Yuri, okay? Because with Hide It Mounts, I don't need you anymore, dog. I can put anything up on my wall anytime I want to, and they made it so 
Simple. And now you can get in on it too. You can go to hideitmounts.com slash FHPod and use our promo code FUNHOUSE15 when you get your Hide It Mount today. That is H-I-D-E-I-T-M-O-U-N-T-S dot com slash FHPod and use the promo code FUNHOUSE15 when ordering your Hide It Mount. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. Uh, special shouts out to Sponch, our unofficial uh, sponsor for this uh, for this episode. Sponch, <laughs> they're our sponsor. They're our sponsor. Sponch, um, they didn't pay a dime for this. <laughs> <laughs> Sponch, get it at your local ice cream man. Uh, yeah. So we, before before the break, we were talking about making music that just sort of seems timeless, which is uh, you know. It, it's a it's a hard task to do. It's impossible. I, like I, I you, mean, you aim high like that, but then hope to kind of like get part of the way there. Yeah, yeah. Especially with something like you were saying, with something as so recognizable as like you know the clap, like Happy Birthday or right the things where the the songs that are so ingrained into at least Western American culture mm. that up until recently i i mean i knew but didn't consider the fact that so yeah somebody had to write that the melody right the, you know all of that some stuff. of these songs are so universal like they just don't belong to anybody anymore like mm-hmm. we don't know who wrote you know three blind mice probably mm-hmm. just belongs to the universe it's mm-hmm. all of ours well this yeah. is actually a great opportunity for you if no one knows who wrote it you can take credit right now <laughs> would you yeah. like to on the air let's yeah all right it's mine <laughs> <laughs> well i i actually have a question because like yeah. you Obviously, it's awesome when you're getting to work with something and be part of its creative identity from the outset. Mm. But you're also working on Jellystone, right? Which right. which involves characters that predate all of us in in exciting ways. Is there right. something out there that like maybe you like as a dream? Like, oh man, if I could if I could do the music for that, it doesn't have to be a cartoon. Like it could be anything. Like, is there something out there? What an amazing question, man. I mean, I'm already so overwhelmed by just Jellystone alone because that was such an iconic, you know, property. If you think about Yogi Bear and all these characters, mm-hmm. uh, when I was a kid, I wrote to the composer of, of, well, there was one guy that did all the music for Hanna-Barbera. His name was Hoyt Curtin. Mm-hmm. And I wrote to him and he wrote me back and I still have like note he sent me and like, to think about the fact that I'm sort of taking the reins from him. Mm-hmm. He's, he's gone now, but you know. So I'm writing themes for like, you know, Banana Splits and Yogi and Huckleberry Hound and these different characters. It's overwhelming. I mean, that may be the dream project, honestly. I can't think of anything. That's such a hard question. I don't know like what is out there that that I... Kids of not too. I was gonna say. I mean, Thank you. Yeah. I feel like a great answer is I'm not sure because I'm yeah. working with great things, right? That I'm very lucky. Of- <laughs> Honestly, I'm super lucky to be working on yeah. some of these shows. Wow. <laughs> no yeah. pressure. No pressure. Before uh, before we were recording, I shared a story with Ryan that was very similar. Uh, I make hip hop music, mm. uh, and I have for since I was like 11 years old. Uh, and when I was in like early high school, I sent. Uh, one of my one of my favorite artists, who's also a very strange group, Das Racist, mm-hmm. uh, a very strange like comedy hip hop group. Mm. I sent uh, Himanshu or Heems, one of the uh, one of the people in it, like a link 
on Tumblr because they had like an open Tumblr and yeah. uh, he reposted it with a comment and it was basically like, this is fucking garbage. You're fucking oh, no. garbage. Quit making music and never move to New York. And wow. I, I took a screenshot of that, printed it out, and I also still have it hung up on my wall. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Editor, put that in here. Yeah, it's amazing. But no, but what did what did uh what did you write to them about? Uh oh, to Hoyt. Um, yeah, he had put out a book on how to write music. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a little pamphlet. It was like in the early days of the internet, mm-hmm. and it was just like I don't know if he was just like a retired old guy, and if anyone even knew or cared about him. But he put out this thing like how to write melodies or something, and I ordered and I wrote him a letter, and he just wrote back, and it was really nice. I still have the book. I don't even know if I even read through it. I've bought books on like scoring and composing. I've never read them, <laughs> but, but they look good on yourself. They look cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, now let's hear an update from what the people really want to know about Ego. You're really close friends with the Hamburglar, the drum, the original drummer, the original what drummer for Max. How many of these have you eaten? <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 best McDonald's Black Sabbath cover band of all time. Our our mutual buddies, Max Sabbath, and you, right. you you're really close with the drummer, the original drummer, Hamburglar. Tell us that's uh, right. How's you doing? Listen, I, the Hamburglar is doing great. Max Sabbath is an amazing group. I you know may or may not have been involved early on with this mm. group but uh i don't know what you're talking about. i've well, heard I mean, just I mean, it, we we ha- we kind of know what because because you ryan also you're very close with the radioactive i'm active very chicken close heads chicken head. and right. you know like the pasifarian i, think. I know like, very, very well. close so like i kind of get the vibe that you guys are talking about i don't know here. what you're talking about i don't know anybody's but about. yeah I, I heard there was a great time on tour like in europe and any crazy max sabbath stories you want to share with sure, i'm sure that the conveyed to you from yeah from, conveyed to you from the hamburger yeah. yeah that you can relate to us third person yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god obviously uh, some details will be lost in the exchange yeah uh you know it must be really hot in that outfit that the uh grimace i mean the what is his name grim ellis yes has to wear oh, yeah can we just for anyone who like me five minutes ago was uninitiated into the concept and and, and barely just getting by through context clues mac sabbath is a band there are mcdonald's black sabbath cover band mm-hmm. right yes mm-hmm. mcdonald's based black sabbath cover that i'm going to that i'm willing to guess didn't isn't affiliated with either black sabbath or mcdonald's in any official so. capacity uh, who, could, who could be who could know no official uh, yeah. without any without anyone like from the band ozzy here. osbourne's a fan though he yeah. has attended shows mm-hmm. black okay. sabbath actually like is this right? retweeted and there, oh, you there go. we are there, there, there we are. go look at those fuckers okay all right <laughs> best band ever <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible what a photo great stuff yeah what an ama- you're you're into costumes right i mean do you i'm do you into ha- costume because <laughs> this koi fish thing like do you ever just go out wearing a costume like just for the hell of it yes i that was honestly how i made a lot of my early friends here in la was tell me I, uh would uh it i'd be in echo park and it'd be like all right it's saturday night i don't have any friends here i don't know anybody but yeah. i do have a whole uh, i have a whole apartment full of weird costumes so i just go to the bars you know as like the easter bunny or something yeah. and then uh everyone wants to hang out with the easter bunny and then you go drink with and meet new friends all night you know mm-hmm. i actually have a funny story that's how i got the kids for that uh video you did <laughs> oh really there you mm-hmm. go i was uh, uh <laughs> i i this is kind of a funny story i, I worked on um 
Christopher Guest show Family Tree. I'm right? familiar. Great show. And, and then all of a sudden, it was like the second day, and then uh, his uh, assistant comes up to me, this girl, and goes, this is a really strange question, but we're... But in the last couple of years, were you ever Cookie Monster and then went and smoked a bunch of joints at somebody's what? random apartment at three in the morning? I'm like, yeah, I'm like that was me and my friends. <laughs> Hello again. And so it was funny to meet somebody who like yeah, knew in the wild via as Cookie, Cookie Monster. Monster. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I could. I mean, I have a gorilla suit. I've had two in my life. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, they wear out after a while, and the, the, the masks kind of dry out. So I had to get a second one. Uh, I I have one story about wearing a gorilla suit out in public, which is kind of fun. I had a I was assigned the job of kidnapping director Richard Elfman uh-huh. from a restaurant dressed like a gorilla. It was his birthday, and his wife had planned this surprise where mm-hmm. he was going to be having dinner, and I had to show up in a gorilla suit, take him in the car, and take him to a massage parlor. Where Did Richard put you up to this? No, no, he didn't know. That's the whole point. Okay. He had no idea this was happening to him. So he's at this fancy Italian place, and. Uh, my friend Dave, actually the showrunner for Cuphead, is driving me, and we park in front of the place, and I'm in the suit. I'm getting nervous because I'm not like you. I'm, this is not natural for me, you know, <laughs> like just walking out in a mm-hmm. costume. What's unnatural about looking like a gorilla? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't understand. I come out of the car. I'm standing in front of the place. There's like, like little tables outside. People are dining, very fancy. And I see Richard Elfman and Danny Elfman over there sitting, having their dinner. And I'm just nervously standing and he's not ready because I'm getting texts that say he needs five more minutes. So now I'm just standing in a gorilla suit and everyone's looking. And all of a sudden, David Lynch starts walking towards me. <laughs> what? And I can't believe it. You know, I'm sort of everything is my whole life is flashing before my eyes. And he just sort of passes me with a woman and he checks his reservation and he goes in. Finally, Richard comes up and Danny Elfman says like, okay, Richard, go with the gorilla. And he was already drunk, so I took him in the car and, you know, the rest of the story happened. But a few months later, I'm at a, an, an event and I see David Lynch there. I'm backstage and uh, I go up to him. I'm like, hey, David, uh, I introduced myself and uh, I said, hey, do you remember being at, at restaurant so-and-so and seeing a gorilla walk by that not yet you met Richard and Danny? And I, I saw him like shake hands with, I was in the gorilla suit and I see David Lynch shake hands with Danny Elfman and Richard Elfman. It was so f- weird. Did you and, remember that? And he goes, oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. that's a very good And then uh, I said to him, uh, but you, you didn't react to the gorilla? Yeah. And he goes, well, I just sort of accepted it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if anyone. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like literally stuck in a David Lynch movie yeah. on your own. Right. <laughs> I figured, you see but, David Lynch in real life? What I, the fuck is going on? I figured you were a metaphor for something <laughs> that I just wasn't understanding. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, the last time I was in public with that gorilla suit. That's incredible. That's yeah, incredible. if you go out in public in a big gorilla suit, mm-hmm. yeah. fun stuff happens to you, okay? And life hack, if you're in Los Angeles or New York or something and there's a long line to a club, you'll automatically get in if you're in uh, a gorilla suit. Just be like, somebody ordered me here. Right. And then yeah. the bouncer will go, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> gorilla? <laughs> you big <pick> gorilla. <laughs> That's such a... Oh, my God. I... um. I don't have a story of hanging out in a costume, but I do. I mean, you heard earlier today that uh, somebody just went, hey, Armando, you have a bear costume, right? And I just had to be like, yeah, yeah, of course. You just, you work in comedy or do weird shit. You just collect all these weird things and then they get used later. I have a full outfit. This isn't very good, but I have a full outfit 
one year for Halloween, me and my uh, my ex, who's also a comedian, dressed up as each other for Halloween. Yeah. And so yeah. I have uh, a full outfit to dress up like my ex-girlfriend, which was cute when we were together. Now right. it feels extremely terrifying, weird, right? Yeah. 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 Like I she die. also hasn't been seen in six months. Oh no, God. no, yeah. <laughs> I die and they go through my apartment to sort of like go through stuff. And yeah. Somebody's going to find that and be mm-hmm. like, oh. Yeah. Oh God. Wow. What's your costume? What do you want? Know, I'm boring. I mean, it's, uh, I don't really Shut have up. anything. No, I, I've, I've, I have a singlet uh, because <laughs> I, per, I had one professional wrestling match a couple of years ago. <laughs> nice. So I still have like my jock strap and singlet from wrestling Fantastic. in that. I don't go out as much as I probably should, but I've wanted to get back into it once things start normalizing again because I feel like that's a pretty good thing too. Like you probably meet a lot of good people going yeah. to wrestling shows, right. hanging out and stuff. Hell yeah! So, well, plus you already look like a professional wrestler. Well, you have true. to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Speaking of the Elfmans, you yeah. uh, are the doing the composing for Forbidden Zone Two, the long-awaited film. Are we allowed to talk about? That? Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that happens soon. I'm dying to do music for that. I mean, that would be amazing. I love Forbidden Zone One more Me than too. I can describe. Like I as a DIY filmmaking specimen. Absolutely. That's the mecca. It's the template for all of us, right? Right. So uh, uh, can you give us any juicy deets on the, on the sequel? Just that, you know, Richard has a great script for it. He's picked a lot of amazing tracks, like, you know, because he uses these old, like, you know, like 1930s tracks or some weird Indian music or German, German yodeling songs, like really uh-huh. cool things. I've heard it all. I read it all. I just want it to happen. Um, I don't know. I can't say, but... I want it to happen immediately. It's, I'm so excited for that movie. We have another movie coming out uh, this summer called Aliens, uh, Aliens, Clowns, and Geeks. Aliens, Clowns, and Geeks. Yeah, and um, that should be out, and the soundtrack should be out too, which is kind of cool. It looks insane. Go look up the trailer for Aliens, Clowns, yeah. and Geeks, and see what Ego and Richard Elfman have been up to. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a uh, mostly my music, and also like Danny Elfman wrote about thirty or forty percent of it. Oh, so wow. it's cool. Yeah, it's a collab between you two. You know, kind of. It's like he just wrote this amazing. And then I got the tracks from him and it's like, oh my God, how am I supposed to live up to this standard, right? He's one of our greatest living composers. Uh, I just, totally. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just too much of a fan of these two guys to be normal. Mm. Yeah. You know, well, I think once you kidnap somebody in a gorilla suit, you stop being just a fan and start being something more. Or it's, yeah. A yeah. stalker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I realized as That's soon as I is. ended the sentence that that <laughs> has yeah. some pretty terrible conversations <laughs> right, to right. it. Are you going to open that sponge or not? I keep staring at it. If you don't give me a... I'm going to do at least one sponge before we get off here. Well, I, I want we talked a lot about the uh, the musical side of things, yeah. but obviously you're involved in, you know, production in multiple ways. Mm. Have you ever wanted to, like, make more of that stuff? Like, like write and direct and, like, helm bigger projects like that? I was asked to pitch once at Nickelodeon. Uh, they wanted to see if I had any ideas for a completely musical... Mm-hmm. Idea, a project and um, I came to the realization that I was just so busy and I had to say no like I should have mm-hmm. maybe pursued it but I just couldn't like I just had so many things going on at once I was like I can't do this correctly there's no way mm-hmm. so I nothing happened with that and I did direct like a stage show once 
that, oh, that I was in. That you were an actor in. <laughs> yeah. Could you explain it? That. Because I can't even explain what that show was anymore. I can't. How am I supposed to fucking explain it? I still don't understand it. I was in it. It was the radioactive chicken heads Thanksgivinganza or something. Thanksgiving special? Thanksgiving special. Thanksgiving or Without Thanksgiving. Without an H. Tank, T. Yeah, Thanksgiving Because there's a tank special, in the show. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a tank involved. I was Alice Cooper for some reason. <laughs> right. And you're battling against Colonel Sanders who comes in in a tank. Yeah, what the fuck did you... Yeah, I, I, I'm i the last person that, that knows what the fuck was going to happen. I don't know what was going on either. I wrote that... I intentionally wrote, wrote that... wrote it. I know. I wrote it stream of consciousness. I made it a point to not go back, make changes. Like, it was an exercise in, uh -huh. like, absurdity and surrealism. Can I write an entire script without correcting anything? Get a bunch of idiots to commit to being a part well, of it. We all did it. And then we, yeah, we did that thing. Yeah. How many, how many shows did we do? Like, three? I don't know, but it was, like... Wasn't what's his name from Guar in it? Uh, Techno Destructo. Yeah, Hunter was in it. Yeah, um, uh, Mike Odd. Mike Odd. It. Yeah, the radio radioactive chicken heads were in it. My God, Mike Odd. Mike Odd. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's supposed to sound like My God. It was great. Yeah. That was a lot of that fun. That was so fucking fun. That was a great time. We should do something like that again. I agree. We should do a fun house. I was play. saying, would you ever want to direct play. a fun house live? Yes. Show. We actually oh, yes. have one coming up on the really? 12th. Yeah, of March. Well, yeah. it's yeah. a it, that's more of a live podcast yeah. kind of live show performance, but, yeah, but yeah. we can put something on the books. If you ever get that itch again, really? let us know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it got really absurd. I mean, that was like a wasn't Batman in it and a giant elephant. Yes. All of the, the above was was in it. We'd have yeah. to swap one for Lawnmower Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our only request is that whatever you do, it has to be weirder than that boring shit you just talked about. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Two tanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to eat this. Wait. I'm about to. Sponge time. I'm about to, I'm about to sponge yeah, it. Let's yeah. see, let's see it's, if it's, it's still cool. good. There's four sponchies on there. Mm -hmm. I assume that's what. One serving is a whole package. All right. So. Let's go. Yeah. More marshmallows. It's not caring. It's I didn't mm -hmm. because it's marshmallow. Oh, I thought it was going to be those big. You remember the big marshmallow balls, the coconut marshmallow balls? Oh, Are you talking right? about like the ho hos? No, ho hos aren't ho hos. They're like swirled? cake. I'm talking about the like the snowballs. Snowballs. That's what snowballs, I mean. Snowballs. Yeah, but yeah, these yeah. are like Ryan, four how is it? snowballs. Um. Well, it's 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 really weird. Yeah. Go on. Whenever you like, in, uh, whenever you take the first bite, you like inhale. Mm -hmm. All this marshmallow dust everywhere, so it kind of like coats your lungs. Yeah, yeah. It's coconut or coconut. But I, used, I, I would say it's it's they don't smell bad. It's, it's like not great, but I like the consistency. This mm -hmm. is on your roof, you said. Yeah, I had a party at my studio, and uh, they were someone threw my sponge up in the roof. Oh, so you had this beforehand? Yeah, I had them on display in my kitchen. Okay, uh, and somehow it ended up outside. You my sponge. I used to eat sponge as a kid and that, that... You know about this beforehand? Yeah, or I don't know if they were called sponge, but we would get packs of these. I would call them the marshmallow cookies. And they sold yeah. them out of uh, uh, ice cream trucks. Like I would mm. get a pack of those and then a cap gun and then that was it. That's you didn't get yours delivered money. to you in a green briefcase? No, absolutely <laughs> My not. ice cream man sold uh, tickets to Ozzy Osbourne and a giant Voltron Damn. and weed. Yeah, mine told weed too. Was it friend? <laughs> no, no. Ours was named friend. No, no, no. This was uh, technically like my cousin, I think. Oh, okay. Um, this is a different place, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, we, we have uh, a little bit more time, and I did want to ask you something, just because it's yeah. it's been kind of on my mind. You make music that is also 
not for composing? Do you like make your own just like... Yeah, man. I mean, that's how I started playing in bands. Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to start playing live again. I have this... I'm going to put this out there now because you know how they say like you put it out in the universe yeah. and hopefully yeah, it'll yeah, happen. Yes. I want to start performing again, <laughs> but I want to do a show that incorporates like the music from the cartoons actually. Mm -hmm. So like it'd be like like a, like a regular band at a club, but it would go into like, you know, SpongeBob stuff or Fuck Jellystone yeah. stuff or just, yeah. but with a, like a punk band format or something. Mm. I would yeah. so love to see that. So they right? have, they have video games live, right? Which yeah. is, you know, like you get Tommy Tallarico or whatever, or mm. like performs tracks from video games and stuff and they'll play the video games <laughs> in the background. And then I once went to a Sonic the Hedgehog anniversary party at Comic-Con. What? Where there's a live Sonic the Hedgehog and they're a cover band, right? But they basically went and performed on stage while they were playing Sonic Behind. Oh my God. So, wow. I mean, I'm... I, I'm surprised there hasn't been like a cartoon musical bonanza where you do these like sweet, right. awesome renditions of these songs and then you have the cartoons playing in the background. Well, I can't talk much about this, but there is sort of some discussion about putting out a soundtrack for uh, the Cuphead show. And I was thinking like, what if that was a live Oh, that'd thing? be awesome. That'd be insane, right? Yeah. It'd yeah. be great. You never know. Well, my question... a lot of bowls of water. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need an above-ground pool for your symphony. Uh, my big question was sort of like, what would you say making music um, that isn't for scoring versus uh, making, you know, making a score? Like, what, what when you're going into that, what is, like, the biggest difference in your head? Okay, the biggest, biggest difference is when you're scoring a, a project for TV or film, you have to have zero ego contrary what? to the name that's right say, yeah. you have to be aware that your music is in service of something bigger and more important it's not about writing songs for the sake of songs right everything's in service of the storytelling the characters the emotional development of a character the story arc like i can't just write a melody and think like oh i love how how this thing kind of resolves here and i got the chorus like no no none of that matters it's like we have to just tell stories. Does this serve the emotional needs of this thing or not? That's what it's all about, right? Oh yeah. And then making songs for yourself, that's like all ego. It's just whatever I want to hear and this is what I'm going to play live and it's going to look cool when I play guitar, right? So yeah, it's it's super different mm -hmm. for sure. I heard mm -hmm. that that when uh, John Williams played the Jaws theme for Steven Spielberg, that Steven Spielberg thought he was joking. He was like, are you serious? Like just da-da, you know, he's like, no. <laughs> This is isn't that great? This is the score. Have you ever had like a moment where you're like, "This is pretty weird." I guess I I, I think it'll work for the show, but I don't know if I'll if I'm I'm, I'm going to be embarrassed to turn this. Oh my god, this music in always that feeling of like every time that I present a new episode, it's like everything's being judged real time in front of you. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like you have to at some point just get over that like you have to let go of your babies and like know that they could all be killed at any moment. Nothing you write is precious ever. I'm talking about even if you like invested like a whole day for like 42 seconds of music, mm -hmm. like boom, they'll be like, yeah, you know, that's good. But what if we did this instead? And you're like, okay, here we go. Let's, right. You have to kind of smile and, and be like, yeah, we, this is not the right thing. And I mean, it's still your music. You still have it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, that's hard. That's the biggest lesson, like to not be precious. Yeah, that makes sense, honestly. I yeah. can see that.
and it's, it's probably gonna be pretty frustrating because i mean it, it like just from like editing or something like okay i spent five minutes editing yeah. the scene oh let's change it up not a huge time loss but right making a whole piece of music and putting all the time into it and then them going Meh. i mean you're like okay motherfucker like uh <laughs> serious right like okay i know but you know what here's the thing like music a lot of musicians always talk about this the process of being so like mystical and like i'm waiting for inspiration and my muse or you know god's gonna i'm channeling god through here and the notes come out that's all right it's like I have something due on Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be inspired mm-hmm. Monday as soon as I wake up, start working and get it done so I don't get fired from the mm-hmm. show. Right. So as soon as my hands hit the keyboard, I'm writing music. There's no waiting for inspiration or anything. It's just like I'm working. I'm Fuck creating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, I used to... I feel sometimes like the music that I made when I was making music purely okay how do i put this when i was when i started making music i was Mm -hmm. in high school no job nothing my parents took care of me you know i don't have to do anything so i don't have to sell my music my music is just for me right i feel sometimes like the things that i would do creatively when i didn't have to worry about ever having to make money yeah are you on a record label we don't know about I have some stuff. I used to make beats. I I sell beats to rappers, and I also do production for like some of bigger people. But I, that stuff is where. Do you ever feel like making money and making creativity part of your job has sort of taken part parts away from it, and then you have to like sort of go back to that? Here's the arc. Okay, you start doing whatever the you want, Uh being absolutely creative and just whatever's in your heart and mind, let's just go. Then all of a sudden you get attention because you do stuff that's kind of interesting and weird. And then you get hired and you get scared because, oh my God, I, I got my first job. I'm not going to lose this. So then you're nervous all the time and trying to just please everybody. And you, you, you kind of like, comp- you make compromises in your music and your vision and your style and you start doing even a show you don't want to do or just any project. And then if you become a little more successful, all of a sudden people start hiring you again for you being weird or interesting or whatever your unique voice is, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's that point where I think early on, yeah, I would just take any project I could because I wanted to keep working. Um, I'm almost getting to the point where people are hiring me because they like what I sound like. It's like... Perfect place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really lucky right now. Like, it, it also feels like if you're honest with yourself, like obviously you have a dead you have a deadline for yeah. Friday, but you're being honest to yourself and the music that you like, and you're hitting those deadlines, right? Like, your voice will come through. So that way, when you're coming back up on that valley again, yeah. and pe- people are like, I I want that. Like, right. I feel like that will ultimately come more naturally. Like, it won't feel mm. like you're pulling hairs to try and get it done because right. it's kind of what you wanted to do at the beginning anyway, right? Or I'd say that's the hope, right? Yeah. It goes back to like what we were talking about earlier, but like being a child, like I really go back and listen to my first stuff and I feel like this was my best stuff when I didn't know how to play. Mm-hmm. Like that's when I did my best work. Like honestly, like some of the bands I like, their best work was like when they were barely learning their instruments. Like I hear like uh, this band called the Buzzcocks, their first EP, uh, Spiral Scratch, they were barely learning how to play their instruments you know the first uh, joy division album like there's something there that you can never recreate once you get better 
you know, and I always try to remember like how to forget the rules because the more I work, I mean, I've worked with orchestras now, right? And I remember being in front of an orchestra the first time and, they, you know, we have the big books with all the, you know, the big uh, score books. We're sitting there staring at this and, and like, I can't read music, but I'm pretending to read along and I'm watching everybody, kind of like I'm looking at the guy sitting next to you in class to see what page we're on. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And then at a certain point, I'm like, I'm like, what am I doing? I don't need to do this. I closed it and I'm like, I gotta just trust my ears. I'm here, all these people are hired because of me. Like, I have to trust myself and my instinct in music. And it's not an academic one. It's not one where I read notes on paper. It's yeah, one yeah. where I just listen. But yeah, you go to that phase where you, you kind of doubt yourself and then you have a break that are like, nope, this is who I am. That's awesome. Yeah. Ego, I, plum, sorry. Oh, no, Do no, you no, have no, something? No, we're, no. We're, we're just about wrapping up. Cool. Uh, Ego Plum, so, so goddamn interesting to talk to. Thanks, man. Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks for coming by. It's been amazing. Uh, You, like you said earlier, have composed for a bunch of shows, but most importantly, uh, Cuphead. Yes. Cuphead, the show that is now streaming on Netflix. You can go watch it. Right. Um, Where else can people find you? What else do you want to, do you want people to know about? You don't don't have to find me, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's fine. Go find him anyway. Ego Plum on the internet. He's yeah, on, you don't, on there. don't worry about me. I'm, I'll do fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been absolutely wonderful. No, thank you, man. Yeah. I appreciate yeah, it. Awesome. I appreciate all of you taking the time to talk to me because it's exciting. Like, I haven't had a chance to talk about Cuphead in, since I started. It's been all kind of a secret. Mm-hmm. Four years. Four years you guys I got. I auditioned for the show four years ago, basically. <laughs> wow. wow. That's nuts, Crazy. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's way longer than So... Well, while we appreciate you being here, we'll let you in on a secret. We have a deadline to get this out by Friday, so you're really... There you go. (laughs) There you go. Absolutely not. No, this was... Wow, this was so great. Thank yeah. you for Thanks, joining man. us. Thanks, man. Yeah. Like, that's going to be my dessert for the rest can of the week. I, can I just point out, he the thing, the, it's like a cracker. Yeah. He, yeah. Took, he took two bites out of the cracker, right? Mm. But then put it back in the packaging yeah. oh with God. one that he dropped on the floor and then shoved it back in the box. What is wrong with you? <laughs> it's going to end up I'm in his car the in the sun <laughs> and then he's going to find it in six months oh, and then continue. It was also on the roof for God knows how long. Right, and it I, expired a year ago. Well, I have yeah. to finish, that's why I have to finish them ASAP because so they don't expire anymore. Yeah. Yeah. True, fair enough. <laughs> what a nightmare. Wow. Ego, thank you for joining us. James, Ryan, I'm Armando. You guys have a wonderful, uh, wonderful rest of your week. Thank you so much. Yeah. 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 Look at him. Look at that guy. He's a star.